two things. I think one thing you have to do is you have to celebrate the wins. Like you, you have to celebrate the wins that are happening in front of you. So I'll give example, maybe like in our new season here, we recruited some brand new leaders onto our team. That was one of the first things we really needed was we needed a few more adult leaders to lead small groups and just to make discipleship happen. And so constantly we were celebrating the wins of uh, one, the wins for those individuals of the impact they were making in the youth ministry, but two, that we were celebrating to everyone else around us. Hey, we have some new youth leaders and we're excited about that. Um, Everyone wants to be on a winning team plain and simple. Um, and so I think that you take the moments to celebrate the wins. And we were laughing about this recently. Someone made a comment to me in staff meeting. They say, you always have a win to share. And I said, I do. And I said, even if I have to find a small win, we're going to find one, you know. All right. Welcome to this episode of the Pastors Roundtable Podcast. I am super excited to be with you and to bring you this conversation with my friend, Ashton. Um, we are going to be talking about creating momentum, and I'm telling you, this is going to be helpful for you. And so before we jump into that conversation, I want to share with you guys a tool that's going to help speed up your encouragement process. So we all know this, that we all get a lot of emails and text messages, and a lot of times it just doesn't feel personal. And a lot of us have a hard time finding the time for handwriting and finding images and printing and cutting and going to the post office and all those things. This tool, fakes.io, is going to speed up your process. You can go on, subscribe, and send personalized postcards. They take care of images. They take care of writing. They take care of posting. They take care of shipping. They take care of everything for you. All you got to do is log on, type your message out. They write it for you. They send it for you. So speed that up. You can go to renewedleadership.org slash postcard to get your free subscription going on right now. Okay, so I want to introduce to you guys my friend, Ashton Peters. We've been friends for a while. Uh, He even gave me a great endorsement on my book. Uh, So I want to say thank you for that. Um, but we're going to be talking about building momentum. He's been a youth pastor for 13 years. He's also been a leadership college director for 10 of those years. And he's also the co-host of the Organized Youth Pastor podcast, which I encourage you guys jump on and take a listen. Lots of great nuts and bolts, very pragmatic stuff about how to make your camp memorable have fundraising ideas and tips so lots of great episodes there to jump on so ashton hey man thanks hey. for being on the podcast thanks my friend what's up everybody hey i'm excited to get to hang out today so and i do absolutely love your book by the way i i 200 endorse it all over again it is fantastic super good stuff well hey i appreciate that so let's jump in with probably the most important question right up front if that's all right with you i need to know we need to know yes what was that go-to favorite childhood cereal yeah uh definitely cinnamon toast crunch cinnamon toast crunch by by far um and here's the reason why i'm always the person that wants the most bang for my buck And so not only did it taste great, but then you had this cinnamony tasting milk afterwards. And so it was like, you got two things. You got like the great cereal, but you also got the cinnamon tasting milk. That was awesome. So cinnamon toast crunch was like my thing. It was like the way to feel like you were having cinnamon toast every morning uh, without having to put any kind of effort into it. So it was by far my favorite cereal. I got it. I mean, 
That's a great choice. Let's be honest. It's a great choice. All right. So we're talking about um, momentum in youth ministry. So I'd love to hear from you just kind of your youth ministry journey. Uh, What was that like? How'd you get into it? And kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's so interesting. Like when I first uh, was a teenager and I felt called into ministry, I didn't think that youth ministry would be that first step for me. Um, so it's just kind of interesting how that even fell into place in my life. It actually it started with me going to a youth leaders conference with my youth pastor, and I was just kind of going just to want to learn from him, but having no idea that youth ministry would really be on the radar for me. And then just feeling at the tug uh, on my heart uh, that youth ministry was where I wanted to be and to impact the next generation. So I started serving in my local church, my home church kind of became kind of like their junior high. They had a, a sixth grade ministry that was separate from the youth ministry because the youth ministry was seventh through 12th grade, but sixth graders were this in-between age group. So I got to lead that kind of like a mini youth ministry. Uh, this stepped into my first youth ministry role from there um, after getting some experience and just the experiences kind of grown like you shared earlier then in our second youth ministry role we added in this concept of you know internship leadership college uh which was then this great journey of getting to make uh just ministry happen with young people and to equip them um and so that's just it's been exciting it's been cool to get to be a part of young people's lives and see the impact uh that that sees a life can have on them and their journey and their faith so good. You've been faithful. You've led at high levels and uh, really made a deep investment in people's lives. And so a uh, great youth pastor, spoken at conferences, led breakout groups, all kinds of stuff. So a lot of great things. Um, and what I love about Ashton is it just kind of comes to him. Uh, you're not a guy that's like always you know, trying to make it happen. It just kind of comes. And so I love your humility um, as you as you lead. So let's talk about this. In youth ministry, what is, uh, how would you describe momentum? What does that look like? And um, how do you know when you have it? Yeah, it's momentum so interesting because it's something that you, you definitely know whether you have it or you don't, but it's often hard to define. I tell people this momentum is like a wave. That's my best description of it. It's like when a wave comes your way, you can make the decision to hop on and to ride the wave. Um, or you can kind of say, oh, it looks like there's a wave coming over here and move over towards that wave. Um, but it is this wave. I call it often the secret sauce of leadership, uh, that it's just kind of you look at teams and it could be both in the church world and the church world. And some of them, they're making it happen and some aren't. And this underlining tone, of course, there's culture involved in that, but this underlying tone is momentum that's there. And we can all, whether we put our finger on it or not, know those moments in ministry where we had momentum and those moments where we didn't have momentum. Um, And so to me, it's that imagery of, I call that great wave in ministry. That's like something you have to choose to hop on uh, first to find the wave. And then once you find the wave to ride that wave of momentum, because it's going to propel things forward vision wise, uh, just different aspects of ministry, uh, decisions, all kinds of stuff but it is that secret, the secret sauce as well. I know for me, I've always said, um, you know, it's like, you know, you have it when everything you do and everything you touch just kind of turns to gold, even with like things that aren't very good somehow are good. It's like, man, that shouldn't have been good, but for some reason it just was good. You know, it's like, you just kind of like that, that wave, it kind of just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. Someone once called uh, momentum the great exaggerator. 
Um, and I thought it was a great way of putting it. It really is. It makes small things smaller and it makes large things larger in a good way. Um, so it is, um, it just does propel things forward and just, it helps you with amplifying those things that you need to make happen at the same time, the things that are smaller things that we often get caught up on. They, when you have momentum, those things aren't as important. Those nitpicky kind of things, you know what I mean? It almost decreases the stress on those things because man, we got momentum and we're moving forward. Yeah. It's like the, the wind is in your back, you know, it's, it's on your back. It just feels like you've been rowing and rowing and all of a sudden the winds turn and it just, you're rowing, but you're going so much further, so much faster because the wind is at your back. And so you can go so much faster. So I'd love to hear a story. I'm sure um, you've got a, a, a time maybe when you, you learned the hard way, we don't have good momentum right now. <laughs> Absolutely. We've all been there a bazillion times. But I remember instinctively as I was thinking about this concept of, of momentum, it would have been several years ago in youth ministry. It was just during the summer. And for years, I know youth ministry, we use the term the summer slump. Sometimes it feels like there's that dip in summer because there's so much going on. There's so much happening anyway. And I remember like, you know, obviously knowing there was going to be that dip in summer because people were gone on vacations, different stuff like that. And it became so much of a reality to me because I remember getting ready for service, trying to amp people up for worship, trying to give away giveaways. And who doesn't love free stuff, especially what teenager does not like free stuff. And I could like not get them excited enough to give away the giveaways. And so when you've reached the point at which a teenager does not want the, the free food and the gift via gift cards you are handing out, you have hit a problem. You Your momentum has dropped out. Um, and I just remember that. I mean, I had, and it wasn't anything crazy, but I was like, you know, it was a $25 Taco Bell gift card, which, you know, back in the day, bought a good chunk of stuff at Taco Bell, you know, it's a, they should have been at least semi excited. Usually you can say the word free food and teenagers going to jump up and run up. And I just remember distinctively, there's this one Wednesday night where it was just flat. Like I was, I knew it was already kind of those weeks were going to be down. So I was like, well, I'm going to do some giveaways up front. And it was so, it was like the crickets. It was so awkward. I was like, I guess I can keep the free food, you know? So and that was the moment like we, we have lost momentum and we need to do something with this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Momentum has left the building. Exactly. It really had. Okay. So when you're in that moment um, and you come that realization, we don't have momentum right now. Yeah. What do you do to turn the tide and begin to get that momentum going? Yeah, I think two things. So I remember distinctly in that point why that was impactful for me. One, I had to go back and ask myself, how, when, and why did we lose momentum? So kind of say, obviously, within the youth ministry world that that the season was playing into it a little bit. Um, like that time of the year, but it was more than just that, because I also can look back at that year. We had a bunch of seniors graduate out. And so that was another thing affecting the moment. The momentum was we had some great seniors in the youth ministry while they had not graduated out. They were getting ready to move off to college. So they weren't as present there. So that was a, an indicator to me to make more investment to some of our junior high students as well. And so at first I thought it was just this. And so I had to kind of say, okay, these are factors that created the dip in momentum. It was not only the season, but it was also the season of the youth ministry. And it was just other things that were going on. It was also just to be really transparent. It was some of my own lack of investment. It was my own thinking of, oh, we're just going to show up this week. We all have 
you know, just punted the ball on our youth services before. And you can't do that multiple times. Um, and I think because of lots of things going on and in that season, there was lots of other stuff on my plate in the church. Um, as a staff pastor, that was like, well, we're just going to make service happen. And so asking those questions and then, so then saying, this is what got us to here. So I ask myself, then what can we do different? Um, what's going to be something that's going to generate momentum for us? Or what are things we can change up just to kind of uh, switch things around? And so I remember that next week going in and intentionally switching up stuff. We had a youth building that in that season and change up things, our youth building, change up the seating, changing up some of the different stuff with a stage automatically. I said, I need to do something very quickly to one, re-engage my own energy as the leader back into it. But two, when people walk in the door, it's going to feel different. It's going to feel fresh. I think a big part of it for me has always been naming reality. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Where are we at? And like you said, how did we get here? I remember uh, <laughs> there was a time where, um, and we went and we visited this um, this this ministry that was just cranking, man. They were just killing it. And uh, I came back and I was like, man, we're going to do some things differently like they do it, right? And one of the things that they, they did was they, they, they did these like interactive elements where, you know, during your sermon, you'd like ask a question and the kids could like text in answers and like answers would like pop up throughout the sermon. And then like, you'd interact with that. And we tried it, man. And, and uh, I moved, like, I used to, you know, I was preaching with a handheld. I They preached with a lapel. So I was like, well, I got to have a lapel. That's obviously me having yeah. a handheld is what the, the game changed. I got to have a lapel, right? So I was like, I got to have a lapel. We got to yeah. have these interactive elements during the service. Like, we came back and we we worked hard. We did all this stuff. Man, the lapel mic was like crackly, you know, not working very well. I think like one student answered the text question. You know, I mean, it was like so flat, so embarrassing. And I just remember as I'm preaching, I was like, this is terrible, you know? And so I had to name reality. And so I, I, we got our leadership team together and I just said, I got to apologize. I'm trying, we are trying to, I am trying to be somebody else. And we're not being true to who we are, right? Like we had to name that reality of like, okay, we lost momentum because we're trying to have somebody else's momentum and not our own momentum. Like we got to write our own, right? And so uh, I, I, oh man, that that was one of those m- most humbling moments. It uh, was just like, man, I I am so trying to be somebody else's ministry right now and it is falling flat right now. Yeah, it happens, man. Yeah, the, the amount of ideas I brought back thinking, this is going to be a fantastic idea and it just go totally awry is endless, especially in youth ministry. Okay. So uh, once you start getting some momentum, how do you feel like you keep that momentum going? Yeah, no, that's so good. I think a few things, I think one thing you have to do is you have to celebrate the wins. Like you, you have to celebrate the wins that are happening in front of you. So I'll give example, maybe like in our new season here, we recruited some brand new leaders onto our team. That was one of the first things we really needed was we needed a few more adult leaders to lead small groups and just to make discipleship happen. And so constantly we were celebrating the wins of uh, one, the wins for those individuals of the impact they were making in the youth ministry, but two, that we were celebrating to everyone else around us. Hey, we have some new youth leaders and we're excited about that. Um, Everyone wants to be on a winning team. 
plain and simple. Um, and so I think that you take the moments to celebrate the wins. And we were laughing about this recently. Someone made a comment to me in staff meeting. They say, you always have a win to share. And I said, I do. And I said, even if I have to find a small win, we're going to find one. You know, like if I have to find a little hope, to hang my happiness on, we are going to find some kind of small win to hang our hat on. Um, because it one increases gratitude, but it, it gives you better focus. Um, and so I think once you start seeing things happen, you celebrate those wins and you keep them in front of people like, Hey, we're excited about this. We're excited about what God's doing here. Um, you know, recently in one of our, um, in one of the episodes of our podcast, where we're talking the organized youth pastor podcast, we're talking about fundraising. And I said that we always share the numbers we fundraise. And that's not to be a flex of like, look at what we did, but it's to celebrate all the people that were part of that event with us. They, they want to know those people. We did a, a like a miles for missions walk recently. Well, all those people in the community that contributed, they want, they want to celebrate that win with us. And they want to know, you know, what, what we raised, they want to know how it compares to what we've raised in the past. Um, and that's not, an ego thing that's celebrating the win to keep things moving forward because people were a part of that together. And so I think that's huge. I think you do that. I think as well, you continue to put the right people in the right seats. And so as you are riding this wave of momentum, it may begin to change things. Like if, if that wave of momentum sparks numerical growth, you may find yourself quicker having to make decisions about things with the layout of your service or needing more leaders. Um, and so quickly you begin to put people, you know, this is a really sim- silly example, but we mm-hmm. Introduced a like a cafe type thing um, on a Sunday night. We're like, well, the students are showing up kind of early, so we're going to sell mozzarella sticks, we're selling cheese sticks, blah blah blah. Um, well, all of a sudden, it it hit its own wave of momentum, which it was raising money for the youth ministry then because we're selling all this concession stuff. Well, that was a quick, we had to put someone on the seat to manage the cafe because all of a sudden it's bringing in all this money every week and you have to manage. And it seems like a small thing, but I think that happens a lot in leadership that something does take off and then you have to recalibrate your team or the energy of someone on your team to help steward what's happening in that area. So, yeah, I think that that's really important, too, is to find where the momentum is at and to accelerate it. Yeah. Right. Like put gas on that. And, and, and you know, hey, there's already momentum. You know, we, we, we're trying this little thing and it's beginning to take off. So, like, let's put more resources in there uh, yeah. and looking for it. But I, I think, too, oftentimes, um, like you talked about, is finding and celebrating those wins um, you know, I think for a lot of us, uh, I'll speak for myself at least, is sometimes we set such high expectations or high that it's hard for us to find the win because it's like, well, still wasn't enough, right? Like we wanted, we wanted to raise five hundred thousand, and we wanted to raise four hundred thousand, and it's like, well, oh man, so but we got to still celebrate that and, and look for it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so good. I think as long as we- we're making forward motion. That's thing to always celebrate. Um, like usually we're looking and saying, is this more than last year? And whatever that looks like is, are we able to raise more? Are we able to see more, you know, and finding those areas to focus in and just continue to, to press forward because it's true. We do have, I mean, I'm a type A person. I'm an Enneagram three. I'm all about setting goals and getting to them. Um, and so you have to almost train your mind because if not, it exhausts the team around you. Like if you're always just pushing to the next thing, and never taking moments to celebrate those current things, people may wonder, like, why, why are we doing this? Like, you know, why, why be a part of this? 
Okay, so we can have a little moment here. I'm in your M3 as well. Yeah. And so like that that idea of um exasperating our team is yeah. such a big thing because I know for me, like as a as a three and just as a visionary, um, it is so much, it, it's like harder to like slow down and celebrate at times. And there's there's always room for improvement, right? Absolutely. And so I've kind of leaned into that, like, hey, well, we let, let's we want to improve, want to improve. Yeah. But like a lot of people are saying, yeah, but we want to celebrate what we did first. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like so we true. just we just put in like 20 hours on this event, and you're looking at like the one thing that we can improve, and they're just like, ah, oh. you know, it's like they it's just like, oh man, you know. So I think it's really important to celebrate and encourage and um to put fuel back into those those moments because people have poured out, and if all we're doing is saying uh, yeah, but this could have been better then, then you could actually squash what that moment, what that could have, uh, momentum that could have come, you squashed it because you're like, well, let's improve it. Let's make it better. Uh, yeah. so celebrating it first, I think is really important. Yeah, I know. I think that that was always really key for us, especially if you're a driven person, you, you've surrounded yourself with driven people that are excited about pushing forward. We always had a role. We had like a 24 hour rule and we said, okay, after an event, let's take notes. We're going to debrief in, in, in another day or so. We're going to just celebrate the wins right now. There's obviously things we can always do better. So we always kept running notes, you know, in all of our phones. So, all right, open up your note app, take these notes, but don't verbalize them to each other quite yet. Because if not, we're just going to tell spin into, well, we could have done this. It could have been this. It could have been that. And for us, and even for me personally, that was something I had to do to kind of grow in that area and say, okay, we're going to wait a whole day after an event or sometimes even 48 hours to be our next team meeting, um, you know, especially when we worked with uh, or working with interns, like, cause they could feel exhausted too. Cause they're like, Oh, we did so much. And then you're like, well, we could have done this and done that. And so as a, we kind of shared that as a team value uh, saying, you know, we're going to celebrate wins for this first part. And we're going to take a certain time period before we come back, because the reality is too, once a little bit of time has lapsed, kind of talk about momentum, maybe those things weren't as big. Like in the moment, maybe it didn't happen. And it felt like, oh my gosh, this didn't happen. But then if you think about it 24 hours later and you barely remember it didn't happen, you're like, oh, you know, I can't tell you how many times out of event debriefs, I went and deleted notes out because when I revisited it 24 hours later, when I wasn't tired from the event or I wasn't in the, the setting of that moment, it wasn't as big. And if I would have really unpacked that and chased that rabbit hole, I could have really exhausted my team or made them feel like, you know, they didn't do a good job on this or different stuff like that. So I think that's part of stewarding momentum is saying, when do we even debrief? And when do, when do we become better? And when do we say, what are the bigger things? But if it, sometimes if it's a good event, we just need to walk away and be like, that was a win. Like, you know, we can, you know, keep a running list and tackle it maybe later, but let's just be grateful right now for the win that we've experienced. That's so good. It's hard to do a, a great job celebrating in a high quality debrief when you're exhausted from an event. Yeah, absolutely. And so taking that time to to recharge, refocus. Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure anyone here who's ever done any level of speaking, preaching, you know, teaching a classroom or you know, leading a seminar or whatever, we've all had those moments where like, man, that was off. That was flat. 
And then that's the night you get like the most people coming up. Oh, that was great. And that touched me. And you're like, oh man, well, maybe if I hadn't waited for the feedback, I would have beat myself up. But actually, man, maybe it actually was, you know, um, you know, or, uh, you know, get, waiting for enough time to get enough in, uh, in, uh, actual information back about the event, all that kind of stuff. So, so many great things about that. I remember uh, I was in a parenting seminar one time and they were talking about how like, you know, hey, if your kid brings some report card and it's all Fs, right? And you're like, okay, we got to get to A's. Like that's our, we got to get to A's. And then, you know, six months later, they come back and they have a bunch of C's that, you celebrate going from an F to a C rather than demeaning them for not being at the A yet, right? Like that's how, that's part of creating momentum. Like you talked about celebrating those little wins because it gets the ball moving. And we, you know, we, we know this, what, what you celebrate gets repeated, right? And so what your reward gets, gets repeated. And so rewarding that and, and celebrating that. And I think too, for volunteers, especially, oftentimes they don't know what we're looking for, right? Like they don't know. And so when we begin to reward, it's like, oh, well, I want to do that. So for example, like I remember uh, there was lots of times where I, I would just, you know, every month our leadership meeting, I'd give out like this little piece of paper with, you know, leader of the month, you know, I put it off from like Walmart or something, right? And I just highlight what it was that somebody did. And what I just did in front of everybody was, this is what we want happening more of. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And yeah. so now they're like, well, I want that cheese ball, a little piece of paper too, you know? And it's like, it's you're a- creating that, you know, for an Enneagram three, you're creating some uh, uh, competition, some friendly competition, right? Uh, for those that are not competitive, you're creating momentum, right? So, right. And yeah. so, you know, do you have any like practical tips like that that maybe you've used in your youth ministry yeah. throughout the years cool. to kind of create those momentum moments? Yeah, I have a fun story. It's actually from recent. I actually just recently did custom stickers. Um, and so I'm a big emoji person, big bitmoji person. I send them all the time. And so my favorite one is the, you're the best holding the little trophy thing. Well, one of the people, one of the, it was just a staff member, actually, um, not even our youth team, they had done something just awesome. And I was like, I really want to celebrate them. And so, you know, I logged into one of those websites that does custom stickers and had a coupon for them. I was like, you know what, what if I order like 25 little, you're the best Ashton emoji stickers. Like if this would be a thing and catch on. So I did. So in staff meeting, gave it to uh, this person. Well, it became a thing then. So then like one of our interns did something good. I gave it to her because she was running our, our girls conference. Well, the other two interns were like, we haven't got one yet. You know, well, then it became a thing in main service. Like my, our lead pastor showed a picture of it and mentioned it in main service. And so like the next week, one of my youth leaders came up to me and they're like, one of our current goals in life right now is to get one of those stickers. Um, and so it was just this fun way of celebrating people, but it does um, just celebrate those wins. It takes those moments and we've done different stuff over the years, all kinds of random fun things, funny things. Um, but those little things of acknowledging is whatever your reward gets repeated. And so acknowledging that, acknowledging the progress in those things, um, I think is really key. It's key for our teams. And one thing as well, and people in my life help me with this a lot. Sometimes as the 
primary leader in whatever ministry we're in, youth ministry, kids ministry, we're viewing things through the eyes that the kids pastor would, that the youth pastor would. The volunteers, they're seeing things differently. You know what I mean? In a good way. And so sometimes we can really beat ourselves up over something, uh, but to them, it's not even crossing the radar. You know, the other day I was having a conversation with our worship pastor about something. And it was so funny. He said to me, he says, you're just viewing it through a youth pastor's eyes. He says, this doesn't mean anything to anyone else. And it, it hit me. It's like, that's so true. Like to our other volunteers, they don't need to worry about this. I'm worrying about this one thing. And to them, they're never going to worry about that. You know what I mean? So kind of just take those moments to celebrate those wins with them. Okay. So uh, I was working with this team and the, the, the leader of that team, um, he was talking to me about this idea. Cause a lot of times we, we think about these things it's like, man, let's budget. And I got And he said, do you have $52, for, you know, in your budget, do you have $52? And I was like, yeah, I can put $52. He's like, I do this. He said, go get 52 $1 bills. Okay. And yeah. just sign, sign them. And then every week you give out a $1 bill Right. And it's, it's the Ashton, right. It's the raw, it's the PR, it's the Ryan, right? whatever. And it's like, you get, you got an Ashton dollar, like you got a Ryan doll. Right. And so it, like you said, it, like you said, you know, a, a custom sticker becomes this momentum builder, this $1 bill becomes a, a custom, you know, a bit momentum builder. And so finding those little ways, it doesn't have to be, you know, a $50, you know, gift card every week. It doesn't have to be all these things. little tiny things uh, can be huge momentum builders. And so, okay, so we've all been at these nights or these moments where we've worked super hard, really long to put these events together. We put the sign-up sheet out in the, the lobby and we're like, you know, announcements, everyone go sign up and crickets, nobody is signing up. Like it's just dead in the waters. What do you say to that youth leader that has experienced that? Yeah. Well, first, let me encourage you, everyone, it happens to everyone. You all have those moments where like, is anyone go? Like, in fact, it's funny. I usually tell people on our team about a week out from an event. I tell, I usually tell one of our interns, someone close to me, I said, look at me and tell me it's going to be okay. Like, I need you to look at me, tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me someone's going to show up. Like, usually that was like, that was a normal. Even if you're lying to me, just yeah, tell exactly. it to me. Right? I told him, I said, you can repent at the altars later during the altar call. I need you to look at me right now. Tell me someone's going to show up. Tell me it's going to be good. And then pray for forgiveness later. I'll pray with you to ask for forgiveness forgiveness, but just like me at the moment. <laughs> um, but I think with, I think a few things, I think then kind of, we talked about earlier, it is the moment to lean in and say, okay, do we need to do something different? And one thing I'm realizing more and more, sometimes those opportunities present where we have to pivot very quickly. So like, say it's not the night of the event, maybe you're a week out. Well, maybe it's the time, you know, to pick up and make some phone calls. And I know that's kind of not as a popular thing anymore. Um, you know, we just finished all of our camp signups and we like live and die by those. Like our interns, it's like a rite of passage. They joke, anyone's ever worked with me on our team. We write postcards and we make phone calls like that. I know it's kind of old school, but it generates some excitement when they hear from someone else like about being excited or you get something in the mail. Sometimes it's some of that, that smaller stuff, but it's kind of that. Another thing we try to do often is to generate I don't know the right way to, to word it. And I've got feedback from people on it. So I know that it catches their attention, but generate a little bit of mystery. 
And like, so say we're going to do something new, like we did this a while back here at our current ministry role. I posted a picture of something, but kind of put a little, emo- I love my emojis, put a little emoji over what the shirt was going to look like. Um, you know, and so people are intrigued then there's something in our nature that's intrigued by something, you are like, Oh, what is that? What's that going to be? And so, you know, if you're kind of thinking through making those moments and say, okay, well, maybe we're going to do something, you know, maybe you go buy a gift card, but you just have it in an envelope and say, we're going to give away a gift card to dot, 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 you know, and you're beginning to generate some buzz. If that makes sense. And so you're kind of in any way you can generate conversation, whether that's that, whether it's picking up the phone call, sometimes it's texting a few of our students and say, Hey, post on Instagram about this real quick, you know, um, I'll buy you a coffee. If you post on, or, you know, I'll buy you Sonic, whatever, go, go share the stinking post. You know what I mean? Whatever it looks like. Uh, but I think that if you can start generating some buzz about it, it's like we were talking about earlier. Sometimes it has to start small and that's okay. Human nature doesn't want to start small in anything. We want it to be where we want it to be. And sometimes we think if we, how much can this little bit change? But sometimes those simple, small decisions can really help create and maintain that momentum for us in such big ways. All right. So one thing I always tell my team is students don't sign up. They get signed up. That's so good. It's so true. Come on. Like we can't just put a piece of paper out there and expect them to flip because how many of us as grown adults oh, yeah. have been invited to something and we're hesitant to sign up because we all ask ourselves who else is going to be there, right? It's like yeah. we're grown adults and we're asking the same exact question that our teenagers ask and we get on them, we get mad at them for asking that question, but yet we as adults are asking the same exact question. So true. We'll often, I, I jokingly call it being the camp matchmaker and not obviously people are looking for love at camp, but that's not the same thing, but be like, Hey, so-and-so is going, don't you want to go now? Or say, okay, I'm going to students said, tell me what student, if they go, will you want to go? So then I go to, to that, you know, that student or that parent, I say, okay, they said, I was doing this during camp signups the whole time. So-and-so said, they're going to go. If your kid goes, can we sign them up? And then we're going to sign them up. I'll tell you, if they don't sign up, then your kid can pull out, but usually they don't, they're ready to go then. But you often is that kind of generating the buzz of like, okay, or this person's going, I know that your student knows them. Let's, let's get them signed up to go with this person as well. Well, often it's those 10 kids that everyone's wanting to make sure they go, they go to everything anyway, and they just assume that you know they're going, so they haven't signed up yet. So they're like, of course I'm going. But yeah, but we need you to say that you're going, and you actually commit to going, so everyone else knows that you're going. So yeah, it's just human nature. We can fight it, we can be mad about it, or we can lean into it and know that it's important. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say this kind of from a practical tip. Um what we've started doing for bigger events, talk about generating momentum, is we'll do an interest card weeks before. So we kind of know where students land. So that way, as we're having conversations, we're like, man, we have this many students interested or, oh, so-and-so said they're interested in going to camp. It helps with generating more of that. So usually about a month before we drop registration for major events, we'll do a simple note card name you think you'd be interested in going yes no maybe and then we treat everything from a maybe on like a yes and so if they said no we're like okay there's probably a reason why not but they said maybe to yes that's a yes to us and we're going to pursue it like this is a yes and we're going to get them excited about whatever that event looks like so okay another big flop moment okay is i'm sure everyone has experienced these moments where you have this huge event planned it's ready to go and then you realize Oh no, we scheduled this the night of prom. 
right? Or yeah. we scheduled yeah. this the night of like our football team never makes it to the playoffs, but yeah. this year they made it to the playoffs and it's right. Like, and so I think one of those momentum things is knowing the momentum that's already in your community and yeah. helping to leverage those number one, and definitely don't, you know, try not to fight them at when you can, right? So yeah. don't don't plan a huge event on the night of prom. Don't yeah. invite a you know a huge event on the night of the yeah. you know basketball team's playoff, right? And so it's gonna be you're, you're conflicting, you're fighting against those things, you know, try to find ways to ride that momentum that's already being they're they're paying for the publicity, they're paying for it, right? They're paying for all that. Ride that when you can. So I know churches that do fifth quarters, you know, hey, everybody come up, come to the church after the party. I know uh, churches that host after prom parties, right? Like there's already all this momentum and all of these families are looking for a safe place for the kids to go after prom. Like be a part of that, right? Like ride that momentum. So I'd say, you know, look for ways to ride natural momentum in your community that's already there. It's so true because if not, you are going to experience this, experience the tension. We were kind of talking about this earlier a little bit, but you know, our youth ministry meets on Sunday nights. Um, and so one thing that will happen every year on a Sunday night is the Super Bowl. And so we made the decision this last year to lean into it. And so we had a bunch of people bring their friends. We said, you know, we're going to throw the best Super Bowl party around. Um, so we had custom stadium cups made for it. We had, you name it, unlimited Dr. Pepper, nachos, hot dogs, in popcorn, any kind of like sports food you can think of was there. And the amount of people that brought their friends was fantastic. And it was taken off this concept of, okay, this is something going on that would affect what normal looks like, but leaning into it. And then on the flip side of it, also being aware if the, if momentum dips and it dips because of something external. And I'll give another example. So we did our big back to school outreach kind of thing back in the fall. Once again, because we're on Sunday evenings, well, the next weekend was Labor Day. Well, lots of people are out of town for Labor Day weekend. And so we felt the natural dip because of that. And so for me, I'm like, we're probably going to do our back to school outreach the weekend after Labor Day next or this year, because I don't want to do a big event and then have something that's going to cause a natural dip right afterwards when I could easily move it one week over and save our team the feeling of, you know, because it was very prevalent because one of our team members, we did, you know, the outreach and we had lots of students come, which was amazing. Well, then the next week, because of the dip, some of our some of our leaders are like, man, there's like no one here tonight. Well, based on the check-in numbers, because we use planning center check-in and all that good stuff, it was right on par with an average night, but coming off of a really large week and dipping about 10 under what a normal attendance would be felt like, man, there's no one here, which was not the truth. It, it's an average night for us, but that really could affect, that really affected the momentum for our leadership team temporarily because like, man, we put all this work into this big event. So I think sometimes being aware of the calendar, being aware of those other events, sometimes they sneak up on us and we just have to say, like in our leaders meet, meeting that month, I went back to our leaders and say, hey guys, we learned a valuable lesson. I I learned a valuable lesson. We could have thought this through. I should have thought this through. And here's some steps we're going to take next year to help kind of steward these things and continue to ride that wave in a better way. And so much of those are contextual to the environment, the church, the city. You know, uh, you know, I was ministering in Southern California, in like San Diego for a long time. We could do outdoor events almost whenever we wanted, right? And then I moved to an area that was super windy 
uh, all the time. And so I would try and do these outdoor events. And it's going to be awesome. And there'd be like 40 mile an hour winds and everyone's hair is blown away. And it's like, oh man. You know, so you've got to, you got to adjust to some of those just natural environment, like where you're at, there's a lot of times where there's snow or there's things. And it's like, you got to ride those and just know what that, what that's going to be. Yeah. It's so true. I remember when we, when we were in Illinois, our first, we moved there at the beginning of summer, our first summer there, I told myself like in late August, we're going to do a big water activity night thing, which is, you know, coming from the South, it's still very warm in August. Not that it was super cold, but in the evenings in August in the Northern part of Illinois, it's going to get a lot colder. And so didn't think through how cold everyone getting soaked was going to be, you know? So sometimes you see someone do this, right? This would be great, but it doesn't translate into the context, whether that's just the climate, whether that's, you know, sometimes even, and, you know, we can go really, you can drill down even deeper based off of like things in your own church or in that, that community or things in that towns. So there's a lot to do as you're looking into momentum to kind of assess what is happening in that community, what's important to that and getting feedback from people. So good. All right. What would you say to the youth pastors just coming into a context brand new to this youth ministry and they've experienced some hard times and the momentum is just dipped. I mean, they've had some hard times, some hard moments and the energy, the momentum is just, you know, going down flat at best, but probably even going down. What would you say they're brand new to this ministry, just walking in momentum's down. What would your words of encouragement be to that person? Yeah. One, I think first knowing we've all been there 200% of times. I mean, even you ask the question, I could think through seasons of life. We've all been, we've all been there. So I think it's so easy to feel like you're alone in it and be like, man. And I think also there's this, we take it so deeply personal and yes, we're the leader and yes, we have to steward those things, but that isn't saying you're unspiritual just because momentum's dipping at the moment. Does that make sense? And I think sometimes we make it a big thing spiritually, but I would also say this too, on the flip side of that, take the easy win, however you can get it. Like sometimes we don't want to take the easy win because it's like, well, that that's silly. Like that's a pity win. Like if we do this, if, if you feel the dip in momentum, take the easy win, you know? Um, and sometimes that's all that it takes to kind of create that upswing again, you know? Um, and so looking for those really simple, easy wins and not thinking, kind of we talked about earlier, which I loved your analogy with the report card, like moving from the F to the C and celebrating that. Like, don't think that you're going to move from, especially if you're going all the way down to this peak experience. And so if you can even create a lift where you walk away and feel like, oh, that was good, you know? Um, and sometimes it's as simple as feeling like sometimes we'll even pre-service with just our leaders have a moment where we lean more into prayer where we can at least walk out from a night being like, man, we really prayed about service. And if nothing else, that's a big win. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's looking, cause that is a win. Taking time to pray before your youth service is a win. Um, and so sometimes we generate even that moment as a win of saying, you know what, we prayed five extra minutes before service tonight with the leadership team for this to be impactful. And so taking those easy wins, uh, they're not pity wins. There are going to be things that are going to a little bit by little bit uh, shift the momentum for you in your ministry culture and in your ministry context. And then from there, asking powerful questions. I think that's key as well. Um, but to those youth leaders, I would say you're not in it alone. We've all walked that a bazillion times um, and momentum rises and falls the time for every person. It's not, so, I'll say this as well. It's not something you graduate out of. It's not like, oh, once you know something, you're just able to like, 
you know, put a harness on momentum and ride it nonstop. Like, no, it is a constant part of our leadership lives of learning to continuously navigate the rise and fall of momentum. So again, any, any uh, resources um, that you might recommend? I know for me, uh, the book It by Craig Rochelle, uh, it's, uh, was it It? Uh, how churches and leaders can get it and keep it. I know that has been a book that I've gone to multiple times um, throughout the years to just kind of help. Because again, this is so hard to describe, um, but you kind of know when you have it or you don't. It's so funny. That was actually going to be my number one resource I was going to re- recommend as well. It, I stole it, it, man. I stole it. Yeah, yeah you stole my idea. No, it's so good. Um, that's the key one. I'm trying to think. Um, there's a really good book by Rob Ketterling as well called Fix It. And it unpacks, he pretty much says everything is one of three things. It's something that you as the leader fix. It's the thing that you have to trust the Lord to fix, or it's the thing that you delegate out that there's someone else on your team that's supposed to fix. It's this, it's this common, it's this really great concept of saying, okay, everything you're encountering, the problem is solved one of three ways, saying, okay, this is something that only Jesus can handle and I have to trust him. This is thing as a leader, I grow and learn how to handle better. Or this is something that this is a gap in my team and I'm needing a person to take this on and delegate and hand this off to them so it can't be fixed. Um, and um, it's a fantastic resource because then you begin to look at things through different eyes because sometimes we take it all like, oh, I have to fix everything. Well, that's not the reality of it. It's, it, it is this three, there's these three lanes and deciding which one of the three lanes are our problems in. So good. So good. All right. Last question here, Ashton, what as a leader brings you renewal? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I am to me, I mean, coffee and conversation, a good cup of coffee and hanging out with friends, you know, um, I'll tell a funny story, just being with people that know you. Um, so we, we ran two events back to back last night, two major events for schools back to back. Um, simultaneously, there was a 30 minute gap technically. So I had two different, we took our leadership team, split them in half, said, you're in this half of the building, you're in this half of the building. And one was a banquet, one was a choir concert. So these were not small, small endeavors. We were feeding both groups, lots of different stuff. And I walk by afterwards, I'll tell myself, we were all done for the night. I come kind of walking through the hallway and the, our interns are sitting there drinking some Gatorades, eating the leftover cookies, and I sigh. And one of the interns turns to me and says, that has to be Pastor Ashton, I recognize that sigh. And to me, what I laughed so hard, it, I was like, we've all worked together when we can recognize each other by our size. But it's so... But then we sat and we we drank the Gatorades and we ate the leftover cheese cubes and cookies from the night. And we just got to one, celebrate the win. You know, no one was thinking of what, what do we got to do next, but the sharing community with people that can recognize each other by our size and we can laugh about it. Um, I think that's huge. And so I think community, just spending time, uh, that's very much a big deal for me. I like going for walks outside. You know, um, I was telling my wife today, we were talking about some stuff. I said a good walk with sunshine and fresh air helps clear the mind for a lot of things, you know? Uh, So I think those are the two big things is having people in our life and drinking some coffee or a Gatorade and leftover cookies and talking about life um, or just getting outside and going for a walk and taking some fresh air. That helps a lot in perspective. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ashley, then thank you so much for the time. And I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Great conversation. This is one you probably want to rewind, uh, go back and uh, listen to a few uh, little snippets here and there. And so I want to encourage you guys to uh, join our network. 
Uh, lots of great resources. Ashton's given some resources for our network, uh, Youth Pastors Gathering. It's free to join. Uh, go to renewedleadership.org slash network to join. Uh, great place to interact and get some great encouragement, especially if you're bivocational, part-time. Lots of great tips and tools for you to download and uh, to resource you. So look forward to being with you guys again when we bring you another conversation. We'll stay, see you soon.